Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 250, How to Stop Being So Hard on Yourself. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there. Welcome back to Changeable. I wanted to make this episode because recently in the six-week Little School Big Change course, I kept seeing on one particular day, but it's always, it's, it definitely is not just that day, but there was one particular day where post after post, question after question was some variation of someone having had some insights, being able to look look at their life and see, oh, I, I was seeing through my thinking, you know, I, I, I wasn't seeing clearly. I'm not seeing clearly, but them having a moment of seeing that they're not seeing clearly, knowing that thought is creating a world that looks a specific way, but knowing that thought is creating that world that looks in a specific way. And, and in that, more thought coming up saying, I'm mad at myself. I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? Why didn't I see this sooner? Just that whole line of thinking. And sometimes this is seen with some clarity. So in other words, sometimes it's seen that the, that the hard on yourself part and the it shouldn't have been this way part and why didn't I see this sooner part is also thought that is not true. That does, that's, I mean, no thought is true. It's just thought. It's just a, another storyline arising. Sometimes that's seen and sometimes not, you know, often not. Often the person comes away and says, oh, wow, I'm seeing a lot, but man, I'm so hard on myself. And that I'm so hard on myself doesn't look like it's thought. It looks like this is another problem. I'm so hard on myself. Why am I always like this? Amazing. I'm seeing a lot. I'm having some insights. I see thought all over the place, but I'm so hard on myself. And not seeing that as thought as well. So everything I'm going to share here, um, I've said a, a million ways. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard this all before, but I really wanted to put it together in an episode with this title so that people who are walking around saying, I'm so hard on myself, could spot this and can hear it all in one place, all related to this topic. So it doesn't matter what you feel like you're hard on yourself for or how that manifests or shows up in your life. It's all it's all the same. And it's all coming from a few really simple misunderstandings as, as all suffering is. One of them in this case, one of the misunderstandings here when you're hard on yourself, and this is a huge one, maybe the big one, is believing that, well, Okay, now that I'm about to say it, maybe it's not the big one, but it's a big one. Believing that you, there's this separate you, and you are responsible. We'll get to the separate you part in a minute, but there's a responsibility that you have or a meaning there about you in what you think, feel, and do. So, 
you're responsible for for the thoughts that show up. You're responsible for the feelings that show up. And, and I know there'll be some pushback around this one, you're responsible for the actions taking. See, thought, feeling, and behavior are all the same thing. There's no more or less you in there and there's no more or less responsibility in any of those. But I suspect that for many people listening right now, behavior feels different. And that makes sense. I think sometimes we see this a little sequentially. We kind of ha- we kind of start to see, okay, yeah, I don't make my thoughts show up. All kinds of thoughts show up. I didn't put them there. I didn't ask for them. I wouldn't ask for them. So that one starts often as kind of the thing we can kind of see through first. That's coming from a place of still feeling like, I'm me and this stuff shows up to me about me, but it does just show up from who knows where, right? I didn't, I didn't put it there. So often I see people kind of, that's a first step. Again, they kind of get on board with, you know, and all that takes to get on board with it is to look at your own experience. If you think you're making thoughts show up, tell me how. Really how. Not like, okay, I'm going to sit here and think happy thoughts, and then we sort of can. But how did you do that? How'd you do it? (laughs) Just because we have the experience of it happening doesn't mean that you're making it happen. And that's how this is. We have the experience of of being able to think, oh, I'm going to think about the color yellow right now. I'm going to visualize it in my mind. And all of that stuff can happen. But how are you doing it? How are you making that happen? it starts to break down really quickly. So again, we can just look at our own experience to answer the question of whether we're responsible for the thoughts that arise. And and often people start to see that they're not. Same with feeling. Feeling, you know, I don't know if that feels any any different. Um, It doesn't to me. It's all kind of the same. So we can see, okay, yeah, I felt embarrassed or angry or whatever. and I didn't make those feelings showed up. They're they're just they're just what showed up. But for whatever reason, there are lots of reasons that make good sense to a mind. Behavior feels different. Behavior some or it, sometimes it does. It doesn't always. But often that one is like, oh no 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 no. But I, that's this is where I draw the line. <laughs> Thought and feeling show up. But I have to have some role. I get to. I get to ignore certain thoughts and feelings or dismiss them or see through them or whatever, you know, spiritual bow we want to put on it. I can I can let them them pass. I can uh be in that pause and then choose my behavior. So my behavior is still has my choice built into it. And I would say that's just a bunch more thinking. No, it doesn't. <laughs> We aren't responsible for what we do. If you are, just do just do the right thing all the time. Do the thing you're going to be happy with. Again, to, we all have the experience of feeling like we we are making behavioral choices. But how are you doing that? We can very clearly say, I'm choosing to eat today rather than not eat today. And then we watch ourselves eat today. But how did you make that choice? Like, how did you make that behavior happen versus make yourself not do the other behavior? Just look to your own experience and get very, very curious there. And on the flip side, can we just be in the possibility that behavior arises? One of the things that's 
that's a stopper for people in this is their mind jumps way ahead and says, if I'm not responsible for my behavior, I think that means no one else is responsible for their behavior. And now we just live in a universe of complete chaos and no order and it's scary and it's dangerous and I'll probably die. Like that's literally maybe not quite that quickly and directly, but that's exactly what your mind is telling you. If you're if you're not liking this idea that that what you do, that you are not responsible, that you did not make your behaviors happen and neither did anyone else. I bet there's some of that fear in there. And all that is, it's not a legitimate fear. I mean, you know, your feelings are legitimate. It's just what's showing up. But it's a it's a mind, again, jumping way ahead to some doomsday scenario and no control and that being a scary thing and um, very common. Okay, so that's just one. Okay, so when we're tough on ourselves, that's a huge misunderstanding, huge piece of this. Again, maybe majority piece of this, that that we're responsible. And it's necessary to have that misunderstanding. If if we have absolutely no responsibility, then that, that doesn't make any sense at all for us to be hard on ourselves. So this is an essential, essential piece of this. It, it kind of is the issue in a sense that we, when we think we're responsible for what we think, do, and feel, most likely we're going to be hard on ourselves. There's going to be some judgment there at some point. It's required. That they they feed into each other. They're kind of one and the same. Um, the other side of this, the other kind of piece of this, as I've been mentioning, is <laughs> the real biggie that that this stuff is about you in some way. It's done by you. It's you're responsible for it, but also that it means something about you. It's kind of similar to the. It's kind of like one A and one B that what is thought, felt, and done means something about you. And what's underpinning that is that there is this separate you that exists, that has a collection of solid traits and qualities and characteristics, and that goes through time. And, you know, that's the biggest human illusion of them all. And it's one that everyone fully, fully is bought into until and unless they aren't anymore. So you're responsible for it and it means something about you. These things mean something. And the same fears apply. You know, the mind will say, well, if nothing means anything about me, then it just kind of falls into this existential doom. And that's not at all the truth of it. But that's that's what a mind will do to fight for relevance. That's how a mind will say, no, you need me and you need our rules. You need this black and white. You need this righteousness. You need this sense of good and bad, right and wrong. You need morality. We need, you know, or else every, all hell's going to break loose. Okay. So that's, let's call those one A and B. Not that you're keeping notes, but just I'll call them one, one A and one B <laughs> for my own, for my own clarity. So the second one is a little bit different, but so huge in this as well. For us to be in a place where we're hard on ourselves and we're judging ourselves and taking all that seriously, it would have to be true that things could be different. And I've done entire episodes about this one as well. Each of these have have multiple episodes all to themselves. But again, I wanted to talk about this specifically for people who feel hard on themselves so we can see it in this lens through this lens. So so the second one really is that things 
could be different. So you lose your temper and yell at someone and are unkind in a in a moment of anger. For you to then be hard on yourself for doing that, you are fully believing that you could have not done that. Which again, kind of feeds into the fact that you think you did do that <laughs> and you think it means something about you and it could have been different. So we don't have to beat this to death, but you can see, I think, how these three really, really kind of are are three facets of a very similar thing, this kind of one belief in a sense that there's a me making things happen. What happens it means something about me because I chose it. If we don't have choice, how could it mean anything about us? But, but what I choose means something about me and I have multiple choices. And I did whatever I did, thought whatever I thought, said whatever I said, but I could have done thought, felt something different. And no, you couldn't. How could you? Only, only in another story could another outcome arise. Life just is as it is. It just shows up as it shows up. There's no alternate path. There's no could have been, should have been outside of our imagination telling a different story. But that's not reality. That's our imagination telling a different story. So some of the some of the things that made me want to talk about this or just just little examples. I mean, there was a woman in in the 6-week course um several people again and this all came up like a, in a very short period of time where it was just like one after another kind of you know seeing seeing stuff and feeling some freedom like like recognizing oh my gosh my mind has been doing this to me forever i'm not a horrible person because of my weight or because of how i lost my temper with my kids or because i've not done my best in my work or whatever reason it does not matter at all I'm not a, them really truly seeing, I'm not a horrible person because of this. That's just been the consciousness I'm in. That's just been how thoughts created it. And I didn't see any different. There can be so much freedom in that. And then right on the, on the back end of that, you know, just as we're feeling that freedom, a mind wants to come in and, and scramble for its its authority for it's like, no, 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 listen to me again. Yeah. Now, yes, you know, that's great. Mind was creating that thought was creating that. It's not really true. It never had to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way now, but it was that way. And I can't believe you didn't see this until today. Like, isn't that just how we'd stay kind of looped into this narrative? It just is, it's, and it's so innocent and helpful, you know, like our mind, our, us staying so connected to this narrative that jumps and takes us through time. It takes us back into the past and then it takes us into the future. And it's always staying on, you know, some topic where it can just keep us kind of in the, in its little hum of, of reality creating. It, it, we start to get really, really comfortable there. Now it's uncomfortable in what it says. Like it's a very ironic in the mind is a very ironic place to start to be comfortable because 
we're just sort of numbed by it. We're kind of pacified by its constant talking and figuring and and problem finding and problem solving. We just get sort of hypnotized by that. It's not, and it's full of ups and downs, but it's like it pulls us through. It's like a soap opera, you know, it pulls us through like, oh, this horrible thing is about to happen or did happen. Oh, but here's how you'll feel better. And we're so hooked into it. So it's not comfortable really, but it is comfortable because it always has a promise. The mind is full of promises. It's not full of actual solutions at all. In fact, I'd say it's not full of any solutions ever any real solutions that do anything for us, but it's full of promises. And that's why we kind of keep listening. So just as some freedom is felt, it'll come back in and say, yeah, but why are you only feeling this now? And I can't believe you did this. So that's just just one way that this really tends to manifest. Um, You know, I remember one one of the people in particular really seeing like just how much her her little mental world revolved around her weight and managing all of that and really start, we could just feel her really starting to wake up to that. And then just being so upset with herself that, yes, but how can I forgive myself for living like this for 30 years? As if there's something to forgive that even that is so telling. It's like, and it's strange if you think about it, like what part is saying is wanting to forgive and move on? And then what part is unforgivable? Like who's even talking here? Do you know, like this is how it is in thought. There's, there's not even just one self that feels so real. It's like there's this self over here that did this to me for so long and that was so lost and confused. And then there's this new self that's me today with these insights wanting to forgive the old self. It's, it splits up and it multiplies. It's like feeding the gremlins after midnight. And now you have a thousand of them all over the place. Like that's what it, that's what happens. And then we're like, wait a minute, who's even talking here and who is it talking to and about? And I think that's awesome when we get that confused, when it just is like, what the hell is going on here? That's brilliant. That is perfect, perfect to be in that place because our confusion and and try to figure it out. Go ahead. Try to figure it out. That will just, it, it will lead to so many dead ends and so much not being able to figure out who's what and who's talking that just maybe eventually we start to see, okay, none of this can make sense. There's nothing to figure out in this. And that's a beautiful moment. That's when that's when we stop feeling so much like this separate self because we just give up. Like it, there's there's nothing here that feels real or, I mean, it all feels real in the moment, but there's nothing here that's consistent, that's true, nothing. And I think each of us has to just see that for ourselves, really, in our own life, in our own way. We have to see that, arrive at that ourselves, usually through a lot of confusion. And a lot of wondering who the heck's talking now and now what, who are they talking to and, you know, looking at things in that way. I remember there was another student who was also really hard on herself that we were talking to at that time. Um, and, and there was so much in what she was sharing that um, 
oh, that just makes me want to kind of reach through the Zoom or through the computer. Um, saying things like, I think for her, she would get upset and kind of lash out at her boyfriend at times. And, and just, and then just on the, on the back end of that, but I'm not that kind of person and I hurt him. And, and what am I going to do? And how do I rectify this? And what is this going to mean for our future? And what is this going to mean for his day? Did I just ruin his day by saying these things? And what kind of person am I? And I mean, just boatloads of all of that. And it's, we all know what that feels like, right? I mean, it gets, again, it just, it's like it gets fractured and split off and life is so complicated and there's this issue and that issue and what it means about me and what I did to him and how is he ever going to cope? And these are completely unanswerable questions because they're just a mind talking to itself. They're, they're not even reality. Reality is not this either, but something more like who the heck knows? You, All of that falls away and drops and he goes on with his day and you go on with yours and thought shifts and you're just you're just here. None of that stuff of coping and forgiveness and what it means and how do I stop this pattern and all of that are questions that must be answered or that even can be answered. And that does not mean we don't change. Absolutely change happens, but it happens not by us going down these rabbit holes of trying to fix ourselves and and being so hard on ourselves so that we can see the light, but by seeing that, wow, look at that flood of thinking that I'm not doing, that means nothing about me. And, and it's all around like things could have and should have been otherwise. It's those misunderstandings just playing out the only way they can. So life is only this here now. Anytime. Anytime we're in a past or future story, we're in this made up, flat, you know, relative, but it feels very, very objective and absolute, thought up version of life. And we can't solve problems in this made up, thought up universe. And that place is full of problems. All that place is, is problems and solutions, honestly. And you, (laughs) problems and problems that happen to you and solutions that you're supposed to come up with. That's all the thought world is, basically, is good, bad, judgment, problems and solutions over and over and over again. When we think we're mastering that world, you know, now it sounds like a video game. When we're mastering that level, okay, well then the problems are low and the solutions are high and, and you're a good person. And when we feel like we're completely failing at that world, the problems are high, solutions are are low, and you're a horrible person. And it's all because of you. You made it all happen. And and I mean, am I wrong? <laughs> like this is what we all live. This is the only way the thought world works. So we can keep playing that game and trying to master everything and be come out on top as much as possible. Or we can see that that's just how the thought world works. That every time you're hard on yourself, maybe being hard on yourself is your golden ticket. It's your opportunity to see, oh, I'm back in this thought world. None of that is real. Let me come back to here.
one of the pieces, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, that it that feels like a big sticking point is this kind of responsibility thing. But people saying often, who people who are hard on themselves, saying, um, "I need to take, I need to take responsibility for what I've done," and that's so beautiful and innocent, and you know, truly from within that thought, it's it's coming from a place I think of a lot of compassion in the thought created world, not real compassion, but. It, wanting to be a person who takes responsibility and doesn't hurt other people. And that's great, of course, better than someone who does want to hurt other people, right? But it, like, we can really feel very righteous and noble because because we're going to take responsibility. But what that really ends up meaning and looking like for most people is we're going to sit in guilt, we're going to sit in these misunderstandings. We're going to just feel this horrible crushing guilt that I did this. It means I'm a terrible person. I could have made a different choice and therefore I'm taking or I'm doing the right thing now by taking responsibility. The whole thing is a massive farce. It's not it's not true. It's not true. And we sit in our guilt and innocently, innocently, we sit in this horrible guilt sometimes for years sometimes for lifetimes, and think we're doing the right thing. And we're not doing that. I mean, we're, you know, whatever. We're doing, we're doing what looks right. But it's completely rooted in this right or wrong me at the center of everything who has ultimate responsibility. Feeling guilty, beating yourself up has nothing to do with responsibility nothing at all. It has nothing to do with making things better. Not even in the least. The person you hurt supposedly does not need you to sit and feel guilty. They don't even know that that's happening most of the time. That it has nothing they have nothing to do with each other. But our mind will really make them look as if they do. So, you know, maybe in the kind of out of the thought world and kind of reality here, the most responsible kind of quote unquote responsible thing we can do is just come here, let it go, see it as thought. We don't have to let it go. See that thoughts creating this and drop into this moment before all of that. Because in this moment before all of that, that's not an escape. It's an escape from an illusion, from a made up painful illusion, but you're not doing it to escape. This is what's real. We're doing it to drop into reality, not to stay caught up in this painful story where we're the hero who now needs some sort of penance or punishment. That's that's all ego. That's all thought. Drop into now. This will let go. You don't have to let it go. There is no past in now. There is no future in now. And from a, a bigger, I don't like to say it this way, but a, a stronger presence in this place before, outside of all of that story, life just is, life is here and it's fine. It doesn't need you to make up for something that you think you you did to damage it. And same for the people in your life. Like, they have that ability to also drop into now. And when you are here outside of the story, you can help them do that in, in ways that 
that maybe occur in a moment. It might just occur to you to go back and feel that connection with that person rather than swimming in your guilt, which just builds more and more walls that says, I don't deserve to feel connected to you. So now not only did you say some angry thing, big deal, maybe they felt upset about that. Okay, fine. They can, they'll get over it too because we're always just getting over things. But now we hold on to it and we say, no, I have to take responsibility and I'm wrong and I'm guilty. And so wall and wall and wall and wall get built. And now they're like, well, geez, she not only yelled at me that one day, now I don't even know her anymore. Where'd she go? Like, like when all of that gets to fall away, we just get to go, we just get to be here and they're here, however they are. And everything is here and, and new stuff arises, fresh new stuff arises that isn't so burdened or filtered, so heavily filtered through all of that old guilt and fear and, and being hard on yourself and judgment. And that fresh new stuff that arises, I mean, that's the best thing you can do for them, for anyone, for yourself. It's such an innocent fallacy to be hard on ourselves, you know, really to look at these things and say, who is, who is this even being hard on him or herself, themselves? Who is this being hard on themselves? Who are they to think that they <laughs> are a self that made all of this happen, that now should have some judgment poured onto them? Who are they to think, and where are they? Where is this person anyway? <laughs> where is this person that, that done all those horrible things? Can you find them? Can you actually see them or sense them or find them? Look for them. Where are they? Especially the person that did the horrible things because they're long gone. They can show up in a thought. That's the only place they can show up. You find them outside of a thought. Truly, find, them, find that person that did something wrong that deserves this judgment outside of a thought. Find yourself is what I'm saying, outside of a thought. So much just uh, from from in that thought created reality. This all makes so much sense. Be hard on yourself. You'll learn from your mistakes. You'll be the hero again. Maybe there'll be a different problem that'll come along, but you'll learn from this and now you'll have better solutions. We're never going to win that game. And it's not as comfortable as it as it's felt. It's a very uncomfortable, comfortable game, <laughs> a very uncomfortable, habitual, mind-numbing, you know, mind-identified, hypnotic game that most of the world is running around trying to master when we can start to just wake up to this, really wake up. And, and, and if you're a person who was called to this episode because you're hard on yourself, awesome, because maybe this being hard on yourself thing is again your portal. It's your way to just notice when that's happening to be able to stop for a minute and say, oh, wait a minute. What is my mind creating as the alternate reality here? And isn't it weird that it's doing that? How could how could things have been different? Who where who is this person my mind is attributing all this responsibility to, all this meaning 
to. And if I really am a me making all these choices and pulling all the strings, how am I doing it? Can I explain it? Try it and see. With Student Access Plus, you get a very large library of amazing digital courses, discounts on the Little School of Big Change and other larger courses, and a live monthly coaching call, all for one very low annual or monthly price. Just go to dramiejohnson.com slash student dash access dash plus to learn more and to sign up.